Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. I hope you are doing well. A bit of a personal update to start. I'm currently on a three-week, 24-day mini retirement. So it's currently Thursday morning as I sit here on a cold December recording and editing a podcast episode, which is a lovely treat. I'm basically doing nothing around the house bar Christmas for the next couple of weeks. And a lot of people have said to me, aren't you worried about being bored? And I can tell you already that there is just so much to do when it comes to raising kids and all the other things that come with that, that there's certainly no boredom in sight, at least so far. It's always good to talk to people who share something in common and I was fortunate enough to interview Tom recently, who's part of the Limerick FI meetup group. Tom is in his 20s. He's a few years younger than myself, or a lot younger than myself now that I'm nearing 40, and he's based in Wexford. Tom echoes a lot of the things that I've talked about on the show, and it's great to hear from somebody from, I guess, a generation below myself in regards to how they're pursuing fire in an Irish context. So welcome, Tom, and if you could, feel free to make an introduction. Yeah, I suppose I can give a bit of background on myself. So I'm 26 years old. I'm currently living in the in Wexford in the southeast of Ireland. And uh, I'm originally from Carlo. I, I kind of have a strange background in terms of my education, I suppose. Uh, I started off studying law, which I, I finished. I, I studied law. I spent four years in Galway studying law. It was kind of a mix of, it was corporate law. So you did some counting and business modules and then you did some legal subjects as well. And I, I didn't like it at all, but I knew I committed so much to, to studying it. So I, I wanted to finish it out and, and get my degree in that. And then after that, kind of COVID happened and I was at home and had time on my hands. And I decided to convert over to a science degree. So I studied biopharmaceuticals in uh, UCC in Cork. And then after that, that was a year. I really enjoyed it. That was during COVID. And before I graduated that course, I was applying for jobs. So I wasn't sure what I wanted. I'm really good at speaking with people, I suppose. And I, I kind of, I was always good at selling. I always sold stuff when I was like five or six. I was on adverts and done deals selling everything from my uh, sister's car to uh, like literally everything. I, I, I sold most things. So I, I knew I, I had that background in me. And then I came from that science degree that I, I had a good knowledge in that area. So I, I wanted to kind of go into pharmaceutical sales. It was kind of a no brainer for me. I liked it. It, came, it gave me a lot of freedom to work at home and then uh, to be also on the field as well and, and chatting to people. So yeah, and I knew it was quite a, it's a, it's a lucrative career, especially uh, at my age. It's yeah, it's, it's a nice career to have, I suppose, uh, if you like that type of area and, and you're good at selling things, it, it, it's quite good. Yeah. So kind of going back then, I got a job in pharmaceutical sales. So that's what I'm currently working in now. I've worked there for three years. It's been my first job at a college and uh, yeah, I love it. It's uh, It gives you a lot of freedom. Yeah, for my age, it's quite a well-paying job. So I kind of, I, but it also gives you that freedom of not having to, to be in an office in a certain location every single day. And to be honest, I nearly value that more than the, the salary. It's it's the freedom aspect of being able to have your own time, control your own meetings, 
it's nearly like your own personal company if if you know what i mean because i have a certain territory there's figures to hit it, it, i kind of like that freedom aspect that it, it feels like it's it's my own company in it uh, and i can kind of control my own time and i can dictate where where i go what to do i suppose yeah very good and thank you tom for that introduction it sounds like we have a lot in common like yourself i wasn't quite as young as you selling stuff online but um when i was 16 and 17 I remember helping sell some of the teachers' cars from the school online, and I had a nice little business selling CDs that I used to import from the States and then sell individually on New Zealand's auction website, which was a fairly lucrative business for me back when I was very, very young and still in school. Very interesting about your career switch, and fair play for recognizing that you didn't actually like something. I could see a lot of people as you kind of alluded to, you've invested so much time in it, just sticking it out. And it showed a lot of foresight to be able to switch. I myself went to university and did a commerce degree only to come out of it and be a web developer. So I certainly know firsthand all about maybe not picking the right degree, but kind of making it work either way. And I guess in many ways, it sounds like you've somewhat landed on your feet in terms of finding a great career choice that gives you that flexibility but also pays a decent salary. But we know from studying people's behavior that big incomes don't necessarily lead to high savings rate and obviously you've developed a knack to be good with money and to learn how to save. Is that something that you've discovered recently or is it something that was kind of instilled to you when you were young? I knew I was good with with money now, like from a young age, I was always like either, as you said, buying, selling, saving. I always had a strong savings. And even like people would ask me, like coming out of secondary school, how I had so so much money at that stage. I, I had a, it's just a strong savings because because of my mum. Like it, it was it was she distilled that is in a family like that. We weren't rich in any way form. We were like very much median salary. Like but she just distilled in us saving and not living beyond our means. We always had a second hand car. We never had a brand new car. It was nothing like that at all. It was never living with the Joneses with us. It was just yeah, that kind of uh, we lived beneath our means, I suppose. It was just uh, it was always kind of instilled in us. It's really an interesting one, isn't it? And it's definitely food for thought that if you are a parent that your ability to teach your children good money habits from an early age will make such a difference to their overall financial happiness in the future. Our youngest child, our six-year-old, recently saved up 22 euros and has invested it in our final investment property. Now, obviously, he's not really doing anything from a legal point of view or has any official ownership, but all I do is track it for him in an Excel document based on the increase in the overall equity value of the property over time. So he'll get a small win of that 22 euros. He's quite excited to be earning what I estimated to be about 30 cents a month from the investment. So he's coming home every day saying, did I earn another cent today? Which again, and still so sort of from a very young age. So look, I guess you obviously had this great background from your parents and instilling all of these great values. You've managed to get yourself a, a high paying job out of college, which I guess is one of the recipes for early retirement. If you are looking to retire within that kind of 10 to 15 year time frame, particularly if you've discovered the fire movement in your 20s, then I guess one of the requirements for that is trying to secure that high earning job as quick as possible. I know in many careers, I guess web development and software development included, it can be fairly low paying early on and that can be wasted time in terms of the overall picture. So I guess in your case, 
finding that high paying job early on is, is really paying dividends for yourself, so to speak. So could you tell us a little bit about what you've managed to do with your savings and I guess a little bit about your investing strategy? Yeah, so I suppose I, I can bring it back to COVID times, I think was the first time that properly I was really sa- heavily saving. And I-, I lived with my parents for a year and a half. So during college and about half a year uh, into my career, I was living with my parents. I was paying nothing during college. And then I was paying a very low rent when I started earning money, which gave me the ability to save very quickly. So I, I was able to build up a deposit for a house. And that was my main goal. So I think when I started my job, I could have had rough figures, maybe 20,000 to my bank account. And I was looking to maybe be comfy at 40,000 to put a deposit on a house to pay the legal fees. And that was my goal. That was my short term goal at that time when I first started my job, because I knew I did not want to rent. I never wanted to rent. And I know that sounds terrible in today's world because a lot of people are forced to rent or they don't have the luxury of staying with parents with a low cost rent. And I know I'm extremely fortunate in that position. And I thank my parents every day for what they did for me. But yeah, so that was my short term goal. I lived at home for six months during my job and then I decided to buy a house. So I bought my house at 25, which was about a year ago, and I'd saved up roughly around 40,000 just to feel comfortable that I had. Uh, I always had a nest egg there, even when I bought the house. Um, and that was my first step into, I, I know people would say a, a home is an investment, but it was really when you hear my story, I suppose, going forward. So then well, I was in the house and I had continued to keep saving. So the way I live my lifestyle, I quite live again underneath my means which I'd gotten from my parents as well, just because I'm not into flashy cars. My car is 20 years old. It's perfect for me. It passes the NCT every year. It gets me from A to B. I'm not into, like, I'm not into flashy cars, brand new cars. I'm not into financing. Yeah, I suppose uh, that, that my investment strategy was getting a house, getting on the property market, and kind of learning the ins and outs of owning a house. There's lots of ups and downs of owning a house. Things break. You have to repair items like it, it happens all the time i know i know i've heard you on the podcast that your sink fell off at one stage in one of your rental properties and look we all like we, we all know the ups and downs of, of of stuff breaking in a house it is costly so you have to kind of factor those costs in but it was the best decision i've ever made is buying my first house all right i'm actually keen to break this down a little bit because i think you've actually got a bit of a blueprint in terms of what you've actually done and maybe you didn't even realize it yourself if i'm not mistaken at your age 26 i think the year that you were born was the start of gen z so effectively you're at the older level of that generation and it complements me quite nicely because me being born in 1984 i'm near the top of the millennial generation and what i like about your story is that it relates very similar to what I've done, although my road was potentially a little bit harder because I had kids, ironically, at your age, now 26, and also the career that I chose when I started investing and started my FIRE journey in 2018. That was really when I had worked out the whole income game, where you've been quite fortunate to work out this game earlier. And look, all of those things are a mix of luck and skill. There's definitely no one size fits all, but there's a few things that I picked up on and I was writing notes as we were talking. So firstly, you alluded to the fact that when you got out of college, you had actually had 20,000 euros saved, which is really great going. So before you'd even started working, you'd already had a fairly sizable chunk of money saved, which is testament to what you were referencing earlier by the fact that you were frugal in nature and you'd kept your expenses low and you'd managed to even save this money even while attending university. And I suspect... A big part of that was because you stayed at home while you were studying 
which I think if you can is a really powerful thing and an underestimated thing. There seems to be a big thing I notice in Ireland for students to go off to other areas of the country to study. In our case, we actually moved in to the Castle Troy area of Limerick. We're now walking distance to UL. So if our kids do hopefully decide to go there, then they will be able to stay at home and walk to college, which I think is going to be a huge money saver for them. You then managed to find yourself in an industry which allowed you to have a high paying job early on. And again, this was possibly largely accidental, but had you gone down that law route which you're originally looking at, then you may have found that that took years and years of grinding before you actually built yourself up to a high paying role. Because I know with law, similar to I guess software, it has that sort of pay scale where it starts off low in a junior level entry and it can take years of working, burning the midnight oil so to speak, to actually get yourself to a point of high income. Whereas in pharmaceutical sales, you've been able to land straight in there, you're paid on commission, you're paid for performance from day one. And so if you get stuck in, you get a great opportunity to earn a decent income. So you're living at home, you're paying low rent when you start working, which again, is a lovely thing that your parents have been able to do. But equally, and I think even myself now, starting to see my oldest turning 12, getting to 13, as much as I always had this vision that when he turned 18, he was going to leave home. That's not really realistic of what's possible today, given the housing crisis and the cost of rent. So you obviously recognize that. You realize that you could still live at home, pay some rent to your parents, which is a lovely thing to do, but be able to save aggressively. And if my numbers are correct, it sounds like you saved around 20,000 euros within six months to give yourself that roughly 40,000 euros to buy a home. So again, saving super aggressively and being able to really make this happen quickly. And do you know what? Myself as a parent, if I saw my son grinding and saving as much as he could and albeit paying low rent to cover basic expenses then as a parent that's a lovely thing to be able to give back to your children at the same time obviously in a part of this you've managed to keep your expenses low you've been focusing on buying secondhand cars you've kept your lifestyle inflation post-college low which is really really important a lot of people fall into that trap of finishing college getting that first job and then starting all of those traps the new phone the new car personal loans credit cards You've managed to avoid all of that, which again is a really great thing that you've been able to do. You're probably not valuing some of the stuff as much as you possibly should, but I mean, I certainly fell for a lot of those traps that you've managed to avoid, which is great. And then you've actually managed to make something of it by getting onto the property ladder early, and you've managed to do it at a time before you've had children and all of those life's complications get in there. So look, there's a real blueprint here. And for me, this is great to hear because sometimes... And I will admit, sometimes I feel like my own situation is quite unique. But what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that whilst everybody's situation is unique, there are certain patterns and certain blueprints that we could be following. And in your case, you were able to do this years ahead of myself because I did find that I went down some of those bad habits early on. So it took me until I was in my 30s before we owned our first home and actually started putting some of this stuff together. I'm definitely curious to hear more Tom so you've now got your house so tell me what the next play is from here how do things progress and help you I guess move towards financial independence now that you're a homeowner so basically I'm living in that house now I'm I avail of the rent a room scheme which is probably one of the best schemes in Ireland if you can live with people in your own home which not everyone can but at my age I've always shared a house shared a house with my parents shared a house in college 
I'm well used to it now. And uh, it was a no-brainer for me to avail of that. It's 14,000 tax uh, tax relief every year. And I rent out the max of that, basically. I'm, I'm, I, I, I max that threshold. I do not go over it. Uh, uh, even when you're over it, it gets taxed. So you have to be careful. But yes, yeah, so I avail of that. And that completely pays my mortgage. So basically, uh, I, it allows me to live rent-free and allows me to build up my pot even faster than I was living at home which is ironic, I suppose. But yeah, it just basically allowed me to, to save and uh, I was able to avail of the, the rent room scheme, which paid my mortgage. So that's still currently paying my mortgage. I took a quite a short a short term mortgage, so I took a fifteen year mortgage. It just basically uh, allowed me to pay off my my house as quick as quick as possible, and the rent room scheme covers that. So yeah, that that's kind of how I got into the property. It's a three bedroom property in the southeast, and uh, now at this stage, I'm continually looking to buy my second property, which I know is quite quick. But again, because I'm availing of the rent room scheme. And also, I'm quite a high enough income earner at my age. It basically allows me to accrue a lot of savings very quickly. And yeah, so rough, roughly, I would be saving to two and a half thousand uh, a month. I would say two and a half thousand would be the norm um, a month. Um, I'm also contributing heavily to into my pension scheme. So basically, for myself, I have three aspects of how I invest. It would be pension, property, and then if I've additional extra savings it would be a low cost etf but my two predominant ways of saving is pension and property and when i mention pension pension is key in ireland for long-term saving in low cost etfs it's the easiest way to accrue money if you're paying the on the higher tax bracket so currently i i, I contribute 15 percent, and I, i'm very grateful that my employer contributes 10 percent. so that's that's a huge amount of uh yeah it's, it's just a, it gives you a huge ability to invest in etfs um which basically gives you an automatic return of 40 percent um which no other investment vehicle in ireland or in the world will give you a 40 percent return straight away so it's a no-brainer to invest in your pension straight away. And uh, and yeah, my second method of investing would be through property, which at the moment I'm currently actively bidding and looking for my second property. A very good, Tom. And look, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I'm pleased to say that our investment strategies are very, very similar, although you didn't go through all the hiccups that I did very early on. I will say this though, and I was only thinking about my own situation the other day, and look, I'm 40 in April, so often when you hit these milestone birthdays, you do tend to do a little bit of reflection, but I honestly don't think at the rate you're going that you are ever going to need to worry about a pension. And this is certainly what I've found recently as I've managed to obviously secure our fourth and final investment property, it's become pretty clear that by paying off three of those mortgages, it's going to give us a nice, hopefully stable income without needing to dip too much into that pension at all one day short of maybe clearing off a mortgage or two. Part of my reflection has been that a lot can happen and does happen in a decade. And I'm so excited to see what the next 10 years is going to bring for you. For me and our family personally, this is going to sound somewhat crazy, but when I turned 30, we had around 13,000 euros worth of savings, and that was it. Our total net worth age 30 was around 13,000 euros. Q, nearly 10 years later, we've built that equity 
up to around 750,000 euros when you account for the fire portfolio and the equity that we own in our own personal property. So it's really a testament to what can be done in 10 years, which may not seem like a long time when you think about it. 2014 doesn't seem that long ago, but at the same time, so much can change and happen in a decade. Tom, I'm extremely grateful for everything that you've shared today. I really do think you've got a perfect blueprint for fire that could be done at any age. And I think this is really a really important point to note that for many of us, myself included, we don't always pick this stuff up early on. And it doesn't necessarily matter when you start. Yes, the older it is, the harder it does get. And Tom, you certainly have a huge advantage when it comes to the compounding aspect of everything you're doing, which you likely haven't fully seen yet. But at the same time, the steps you took perfect around giving yourself every opportunity to hit financial independence. I'm certainly looking forward to talking more about property and your own strategy, and I guess your plans for early retirement later on. But look, for now, let's take a break. And guys, as always, if you haven't already, do sign up for the newsletter at firepodcast.e so you can hear more about my own progress on a month-by-month basis. But Tom, for now, we'll take a break and we'll catch up again in part two. <laughs>